0: Download the free anchor app and start your journey today. It's that time. What's going on, guys? It's your hobby David St. Clair Speaks. You are now tuned in to the St. Clair Speaks Show. You are now tuned in to the St. Clair Speaks Show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the St. Clair Speak Show podcast. I'm your host, Yahavi Sinclair. Now, guys, we are sitting here with another impactful, incredible guest, Monique Amudie. Monique, if I, if I said it wrong, let me know now, okay? You got to let me know now. Um, One of the things that I'm excited to talk to Monique about um, is content marketing, social media marketing, building an online presence through social media, as well as leveraging content marketing telling your business story through social media and how you could pretty much get started with literally no dollars right so it doesn't cost anything to have an instagram profile it doesn't cost anything to have in linkedin but if you don't know how to use these platforms efficiently you're not getting anywhere right so without further ado i'm excited to have monique on the podcast today i i'm really gonna pick her brain kind of like switch gears kind of like switch it up a little bit in terms of my normal questioning i want to know how can we build not just a presence on social media, how can we be consistent? Because anyone could get started, but not everyone stays consistent. So without further ado, Monique, I wanna welcome you on the St. Clair Speak Show podcast. Again, if I said your name, your last name wrong, let me know now, please correct me. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's Monique Idimudia. <laughs> I love it. I love it.
0: Now, Monique, I am uh, thrilled to interview you today because there is a lot of tricks to the trade with social media, right? You know, building an online presence, telling, you know, your business story through social media. If it wasn't for podcasting, I wouldn't really know how to navigate, right? So, walk us through this and I and I want you to kind of like take us all the way to the beginning. How did you get on this path today, right? What sparked this for you?
1: Yes, I've always been passionate about marketing. I've always liked it. From a very early age onwards, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur and I just been fascinated with all things business and entrepreneurship. And my very first job, I was still a student. I had a job as a working student in a marketing department of a corporation and yeah, I just fell in love with marketing even more. I just knew that that's what I wanted to do and when I felt ready to start my own business I founded my digital marketing agency Dragon digital marketing uh, back in 2019 and yeah here we are <laughs> what's up
0: that's what's up all right so like walk us walk us through it like what is digital marketing like well like you know we hear the title but what is the work behind that
1: mm-hmm There's a lot behind it. It's a very broad term. Digital marketing is basically marketing, but you're utilizing digital technology and digital media. So that can be like... Email marketing. It can be content marketing, social media marketing. It can be podcasting, video marketing on YouTube. There's so many things. It can be lead generation, your website and SEO. So there's just there's just so much to it. And then there's you know online PR. There's marketing automation. There's influencer marketing, um, event marketing with online events, digital events, uh, webinars, um, all all those kind of things. So yeah, there's a there's a lot to it. And yeah, that that's what it is. So you need a broad skill set to be able to market a business properly, leveraging all of those channels. And yeah, being digital, being online, and building an online presence that way.
0: So let's unpack that, right? Because because it's a lot, right? There's yes, lot. so much different variables to digital marketing as we as we know now. There's so much different variables. So how can you know someone who's you know work Say a nine to five, their whole life, right? You know, you lost your job to the pandemic. Everyone's forced to go remotely. Walk us, walk us through that. If you were someone who, you know, just got let go from a job and you have some type of aspiration to just start with social media, right? You're starting out, you've never had
1: Instagram before. Walk us through that. Right. So, would that be for a business or just for yourself? Uh, I would say a little bit
0: of both, right? A little bit of both. Uh, business. Okay.
1: personal branding okay so generally speaking the first thing you do is you want to set your goals you need to know where you want to be and what you want to get out of it right so you need to just uh, see like okay this is where I'm at right now I'm here right now this is where I want to be in the future so you set your goals really clear and then you work out a strategy about what steps to take to get there so you need a dedicated plan of action and then you also need to follow through with the steps on your um, action plan and and stay consistent with it over time. And then you get where you want to be. And you measure your progress and your success along the way by defining metrics that are key performance indicators, so-called KPIs, so you can measure your progress. So you're not just deciding out of a gut feeling, oh, this Instagram post was so successful and this one wasn't, but you actually have to know. So you have to you know, measure, uh, measure it, get the data, track it, uh, do reports, check your analytics. Do a do a gap analysis, and if you you know didn't hit the target, what could you do better? What worked really well? What didn't? And yeah, that's how you decide where to go from there. Your strategy is also not you know a set it and forget it thing. It's very dynamic. Things change. The environment changes. The social media algorithms change people change, what they need and want changes. So it's a very dynamic and fluid thing that you always have to revisit and reevaluate.
0: It's a very profitable business as well. I can tell you that now it's a very profitable business. And for those who don't know how to navigate on social media or through content marketing, you're going to get left behind, right? So you know, I'm hearing, you know, you're mentioning all the, you know, you mentioned KPI, you're like, you're really diving into the science of like, looking at what performs right, right? And, and yeah. what's the best, uh, the best way to pretty much just like, kind of like build this presence. So what I'm looking at now with, you know, social media is how can I be more, what's the word, efficient, right? What, how can I be more efficient? There's, there's, you know, there's Facebook, there's Clubhouse, there's LinkedIn, there's Instagram, there's Snapchat, there's TikTok. How can we limit our choices, right? For me, I've kind of learned how to do that. So I love to play devil's advocate, right? You know, I do a lot of comedy skits. So I use TikTok for that, right? Anything business related, I'm all on LinkedIn. If I'm looking for prospect, I'm all on Clubhouse. So kind of walk us through that. Like, how can we literally do something like that where we're breaking down our strong points and seeing where our right fit is? Because to be quite honest with you, I don't see the point of me using a Snapchat. Or a Facebook unless it's like for Facebook groups so kind of like walk us through that a little bit
1: yes that's a great point so you have to do market research basically this is part of marketing and you analyze your target market where they hang out where they're at and which is very important why they hang out there. So you also have to look at the intent. So on Facebook, for example, people want to keep up with their friends and family and see updates from them. On Instagram, for example, people want to be inspired. They want to be motivated. They want to look at beautiful pictures and visuals and graphics, right? On Twitter, people want to see what's going on. They want to get their news. Like the slogan says, it's what's happening. So people want to be updated about recent things that are going on in the world. Then on YouTube, people want to be entertained, but also educational content and how-to videos do really, really well on YouTube. And then on TikTok, it's a lot, you know, entertainment and dances and just funny uh, little clips. uh, Very, very similar on Snapchat. And on Clubhouse, it's like a high-powered podcast. It's a lot about learning and entrepreneurship as well, depending on what niche you're in. So they have a bunch of different topics um, that you can talk about on Clubhouse. And there's so many rooms related to a variety of topics. But uh, from a from a business or personal branding or marketing standpoint, it's it's also really good. And then you have LinkedIn, which is, um, yeah, very, very much B2B, but it's also B2C and people- want to see updates from their favorite brands and companies and people want to network and build a professional network and people are also looking for jobs on there so now look at what you do for people what kind of problem is that you're solving how are you making the world a better place and what are you doing for your customers and then choose wisely which social media platform is the right one for that and it has nothing to do with what you like personally for your private life you could love hanging out on instagram and it's like your favorite platform but you're in this uh i don't know super technical business to business niche and it just doesn't fit into your social media strategy and you'd rather be elsewhere so you really have to um evaluate that back your decision up by data so make data driven decisions and then go from there and lay your strategy out like that from the very beginning. Data-driven decisions. I love
0: data-driven decisions. It's gonna come down to the numbers because numbers don't lie and it's so true. It's like, all right, so I'll give you an example. So last week, I think it was last Saturday, I tried to do a webinar last minute. It was a last minute thing. I got inspired from YouTube. Uh, I I seen some video and this guy was like, look, I scaled up quickly because what I did was I, double down on my prices. So I charged twice as much and I did webinars every Sunday for the last two years Then a the light bulb went off. I'm like, okay, I'll do that too. So I'll double down on my prices and I'll do webinars every Saturday. Then I did one last minute, no one showed, but then I'm like, you know what? I didn't have enough time to market it, but I also said, you know what? I don't even have to do that. I could just open up a room on clubhouse with the same topic and 70 random people will just pop up and it's literally the same exact thing. So talk us like what literally talk to us about clubhouse right now, because I just got the update yesterday and I could now monetize and get payments uh, through clubhouse, which I wish I've been getting this since, you know, I've been on the app. Um, There we go. So walk us through, walk us through clubhouse because we have the monetize feature now, you know, like, as you mentioned, it's one big, big, big podcast of just organic community.
1: Yeah, that's right. So the platform is built for opening up rooms spontaneously and then people get, you know, a notification or they get pinged in the room and it's all spontaneous. It's not meant to be, you know, it's not built for having to promote your room or your event like weeks in advance and like built up to it and build hype like other things are. Like for a webinar, you would need something like a launch Launch strategy to get people to show up, and then you see a drop off from the people who signed up versus the people that then actually show up to your event and all of that. And on Clubhouse, it's just more spontaneous. Um, It's live. There's no replays. So people have to join and tune in then and there or they're going to miss out and they're not going to be able to, you know, consume that content anymore later. So if you're not into like, you know, launching and marketing and promoting your business in advance and you're all about, yeah, last minute, like I'm feeling like talking about that right now clubhouse is just the app for you because you do not have to do all of that uh promo beforehand so it's like super handy and that's what you have to ask yourself what is it that you want to do and which social media platform fits into that uh, perfectly and yeah clubhouse is still very new they're constantly adding uh new features which i really really like to see uh yeah now you can monetize it as well which is great
0: you know what's so crazy like i you know, I've recently, because inspired by one of my former guests that I had on the show, um, he was looking to get booked on various other podcast shows. And I'm like, you know, when you're open to opportunities, you start to see them all the time. So I became a podcast publisher out of nowhere. And of course, I, you know, my rate is, you know, it's a really high rate, but I have a very high profile client. But then I also, you know, I was thinking out loud and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, okay this is great. I actually like what I'm doing. How can I find more clients like this fast at volume? I was using tools. I recently got into marketing myself. So I was using tools like like LinkedIn helper Two, SalesQL, And I recently started using a seamless AI, but all automation, all that, you know, good marketing aside, my ideal clients are in clubhouse and we could meet these people like, like that instantly, not even just starting a room, just jumping in a and jumping on a stage. And I started to develop this type of strategy where I where I would attend maybe like five rooms a day or six rooms a day, but I, I'm being more intentional on the app because if you don't put yourself on a, on a really tight timer on this app, you'll be on there all day. So I figured I'm like, okay, my ideal clients are on Clubhouse, but how can I build a community that will last on Clubhouse? Because I started on Clubhouse back in December. And um, I have under, I believe, under 2,000 followers, right? So under 2,000 followers on Clubhouse, but how can I build a community that could stay with me, right, without pouring out too much?
1: Yes, you stay consistent with it. So you basically do what you've already explained that you do. You start rooms on a regular basis. Ideally, you would have a fixed schedule where it's like every Saturday at 2 p.m. I do this or every Sunday at, I don't know, 4 p.m. I do this. So you build an audience and they already expect it and you give them a chance to build a habit around it. So let's say, I don't know, they read the newspaper at that time every day, then they like make it a habit to tune into your room and listen to you while they're doing that, and it becomes like yeah, this this habit for them, which is like a no brainer. So they tune in to your show. It's like a show essentially, like a TV show that people watch uh, regularly, and they never want to miss out on an episode. That's what you do, and then you also join rooms, and you're just a guest in those rooms. You're an audience member, you're a speaker. You can hop on stage. You can be a moderator. Uh, whatever you know, whatever you uh, like to do best, use it in a strategic way, depending on the room and depending on what your goal is. And if you do that on a consistent basis, uh, you'll start to build a real community and, and gain a following. And you can connect with those people um, off platform as well on Clubhouse. You get the opportunity to you know link your um, Twitter profile as well as your Instagram uh, profile on there, and that way you can yeah really really build a community on Clubhouse.
0: Oh, it's 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 so organic. Like it's crazy the amount of people that I've met on this app in a short period of time. So I want to talk to you about email marketing. So I was making I was recording a how to video this morning and i was dive, like the message of what i was doing was if you're not building a list you're not building a business and i've recently learned the power of email marketing and email marketing automation so i use yesware and i like yesware because it tracks everything so i get notified if you open the email if you click this link how many times you looked at it talk to us about emailing because i'm really Really, really new to emailing, and I'm seeing how efficient it is. And I'm like, man, I wish I was doing this this entire time. It's working for me. So, for those who are new to just emailing and not familiar with email marketing, talk to us about the power of email marketing. Thank you for streaming this episode of the St. Clair Speaks So podcast. Don't forget to visit stclarespeaks.com and order your copy of my first book. Sweats to Suits, available now in Kindle and Paperback Edition. If you want to be my next guest, or you know my next guest, refer, give me a referral, and I will sponsor your business in an ad segment just like this. Visit stclairespeaks.com and learn more about the St. Clair Speaks Show podcast proposal. It's that time.
1: Yes, it's very, very powerful. And what's so great about it is, first of all, it's very cost-effective. It is super affordable to get started with an email marketing software. Everybody can do it essentially. The entry barriers are super, super low. So you can get started easily and quickly. Uh, a lot of the softwares will give you forms that are native to the software. You put like the little code snippet on your website embedded. And it's like natively integrated. So when somebody submits the form to sign up to your newsletter or to opt in to whatever you're offering them, you see it in your email marketing software and you can, you know, have your lists on there. You can segment the context on there, do whatever advanced um, automations it is that you want to do. So you can get really, really uh, detailed and advanced there as well. And what's also, uh, what's great about that it's so cost effective is that it has the highest ROI when it comes to digital marketing. Like no other channel has a return on investment that is as high as email marketing, which is also because it's, you know, so low cost and you own your email list. So this is not a channel where there is like a middle man in between and you're dependent on like any anybody else's algorithm, like on social media, whatever, but you can reach your audience whenever you want to reach them. And your reach is always 100%. So if you send out an email to your list of recipients, every recipient receives the email, like period. That's what it is. It doesn't mean that everybody opens it (laughs) and reads it or clicks a link in it, but you can reach your audience whenever you want, and it's your audience. You own your email list, and it's not somebody else's uh, platform. So that's why it's super, super important, and you want that because you want an audience of your own that you can communicate to when you want to, you can move that audience from platform to platform, let's say you're super focused on Clubhouse right now, then you can promote that to those people. And like Clubhouse with the new update, they now also give you a link where you can share your profile. So, you know, people can click and directly get to your profile in Clubhouse, for example. And then, I don't know, next quarter you might go all in on YouTube and then you promote that to your list and you want to get more subscribers on there and people to, to follow you on there because, uh, yeah, it's 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 your audience. So that's that's what's really so great about email marketing. There's a lot of advantages of, of getting into it and tapping into that huge potential. And it works if done right. It can work for any business regardless of the industry or what you do. And everybody uses email, you know. Who doesn't have, it, have an email address? <laughs> Almost everybody uses email and we check our emails all the time, right? Um, in your professional life, uh, your email inbox oftentimes is the first check of your day, like you lag in the in the morning, you start your computer. What do you do first? Check your emails, right? So it's just a great way to to reach people all across the board. There's endless reasons uh, why why to do it and why it's a good idea to get into email marketing.
0: Yo, email marketing is where it's at. Like it's really where it's at. I've recent I've recently learned it because it's like I would you know we would prospect on LinkedIn. We could reach out to people but there's times where like everyone's messaging everyone with the same sales messages. Maybe it's not the same, but I don't really do it because I haven't really seen uh, the return on an investment in my time on LinkedIn marketing through the direct marketing. I have softwares where it's like I could pull up all of my connections, email address, put them all in one thing and just market to them directly. But it wouldn't be in the sense of I'm trying to make money. I would, more so do things in the back end of the email, like, oh, here's some how-tos that I want to tell the rest of the connections about, which I've told all my connections about. But as a speaker, I'm a youth speaker. So one of the things that I've recently did was I kind of like started to lead stack with emails from, you know, like middle schools, high schools, get those emails and reach out to them with, you know, my media marketing kit. So I would... Pretty much like put together, like, um, I got this idea from Maxwell and me. He was on my podcast. So he had like this Canva design, and it's like eight to nine pages, but it's all about him, all in one thing. So instead of me sending like a jumbo big text, I would send something short and sweet, click my media kit that has more about me, and it has a lot about me right through the email marketing. So as you mentioned, not everyone opens the email. So I want to talk to you about, you know, a good subject line. Right. like I'm I, I kind of suck at that. And, and it's OK. It, it's totally fine. But I'm really bad at, you know, uh, an eye opening or something that really pops. Right. Like a YouTube video would be like, oh, my gosh, I lost five thousand dollars. Here's how. Right. Something that really kind of like gets people like to open up an email. Walk us through that. And, and what should that be? Should it be something that's like not too cheesy or just right spot on?
1: Right, so the subject line along with the preview text are two very crucial components when it comes to email marketing because that decides whether you get the open or not. And you want as many people as possible to open your emails. So be descriptive, descriptive about it and make your subject line, You know, give people an idea of what they can expect when they open the email and make it descriptive and tell them what your email is about. Don't use, like, clickbaity strategies. Um, It is known to improve the open rate if you put their first name in the subject line. So you can use a personalization token there. Uh, Your email tool will allow you to do that, and then you can do that. Um, Make it relatively short. You don't want it to be truncated because if your subject line is too long, it it gets abbreviated and it says dot, dot, dot. So definitely make, make it short. And also try to always front load it with your keyword or your most important information that you want to get out there. And then in the preview text, you can entice people even more. You have a little bit more text to explain what the email is about. And just, um, yeah, make make them excited about learning more, about knowing more. For example, you can hint uh, that you're going to teach them how to do something without a common struggle. So this is how you do blank without blank, which you know is like a common struggle or problem uh, that, that people have with what you're going to teach them and you know people are annoyed by it, it's, it's aggravating or whatever it is. So it's key to know your target audience, um, hint to the advantages and benefits Um, in your subject line and in your preview text, and you know what those are if you really know your audience, you've done your persona research really well, and you know what they're struggling with, whether their hopes, their dreams, their fears, their pain points, their objections, what's their mission, their their vision, all of that. You just have to know those people and make your email communication feel like it's one-on-one communication. You wanna get as far away as possible from those terrible mass marketing, mass messaging um, methods, like you've mentioned, all the spam that we get in our LinkedIn DMs daily, which is sent out per- by bots. It's not personalized. It's clearly not one-on-one communication. Uh, that's what you need and have to stand out from. Um, you you don't want it to be like that. For example, if I send an email um, To, to a friend and it's an authentic personal message from me to you because I care about you and I want to share my knowledge and teach you something to help you out in, in your life. I wouldn't capitalize every word in the subject line, right? That's not a natural way of writing. So that's, for example, a tip to make it look more personal, not like a email that comes from a mailing list or that comes from a company. Same with like your, um, the email itself. Make it very, very, Basic use text. You can use an image. You don't have to even use an image in every email. And a personal email also doesn't have a logo. It also doesn't have a fancy signature with a picture of you and your title and your website URL and all of your social handles and uh, this and that. So personal emails don't have that. Make it as minimalistic as you possibly can and make it all about the content so people feel like they're subscribed to a newsletter that's valuable and they get gated content that only they get access to because they signed up it can't be content that you share anywhere else anyways if you sent the same content in your email but people can see it you know, for free without being subscribed on your Facebook or your Twitter or your Instagram or whatever, then it's like, what's the point of me, you know, having signed up for this? <laughs> it's just another email. It clutters my inbox, but it's no purpose. It's it's, it's no added value, you know? So um, yeah, make sure and then balance it out. Um, I like to apply the 80-20 rules. So 80% of the time, you know, it's called a newsletter for a reason. Share news, share updates, share valuable information. Uh, Teach them something just provide value and help them to solve a problem and then only 20% of the time Make it about yourself and share things that are self-serving self-promotional a sales offer Um, If you have something to sell things like that Uh, But really 80% of the time make it yeah all about all about them not about you and just provide value And then you're gonna see above average uh, email open rates and also click-throughs and it's really easy When it comes, I I want to say easy, but it's really simple, you know, it's so simple to separate yourself from the pack by, uh, yeah, just doing this and, excuse me, and utilizing those tips because most people don't do it. Most people sent really generic emails that are, yeah, they don't put a lot of thought into it. And they sound really commercial. They sound like commercial messages, very, very promotional, very unpersonal. It's not from me to you. I also recommend a conversational tone, saying like "I." You know, an email goes from one person to one person. So if the uh, if the sender name, the email name, uh, says you know is your is your company name, you could make it your personal name and then say "I" and "you" in the email. You know, uh, yeah, in contrast to, yeah, corporate corporate talk where you say we all the time or whatever. But, you know, it's an email that goes from one person to one person. So those are, those are all tips that I would give you. Keep the paragraphs short. Uh, don't make people look at a wall of text. They're not going to read it. Uh, we had so many emails on a daily basis. It has to be skimmable. Um, It has to be easy to consume. Think about the mobile users. A lot of people check their emails on their phone. Make sure it's responsive. Um, Again, make sure your paragraphs are really short because even like a two-line paragraph becomes four or five lines on a cell phone. (laughs) So, yeah, keep, keep all of that in mind. Yeah. And make it about one thing. One email has to be about one thing. You don't want to confuse people and cause analysis paralysis. If, you, if you're like, oh, check out this black post. And then I published this podcast episode. Check this out too. And then click on this link to get that. And then do this and this. And then, you know, they're just going to end up doing none of those things. So make it about one thing and have one clear call to action in every email uh, in the end and you're gonna see success in your email campaigns for sure. That's, and that's never skip, great. never miss out on a on a email newsletter. If you send out a weekly newsletter, send it out every week. <laughs> Consistency is key. Ideally you would pre-schedule it a couple of weeks in advance so you never have to worry about your content.
0: You make you make some really good points. And like when you mentioned you know keeping the email short That's the same. Would you, I would definitely say, would you say that's the same thing? Like, say, you know, you're reaching out to someone on LinkedIn that you're not connected with, and you want to kind of like personalize the message and make it short, but not make it like a bot sent the message?
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, you know, you know, those messages on LinkedIn, oftentimes it's like this long messages of so many paragraphs and it's all about themselves and their company and them, them, them and never about you and how they can help you. And it's not personalized oftentimes. Yeah, they don't even take the time to insert your name. You know, it doesn't even say hi, Monique or whatever. And it's all self-serving. You realize that they haven't connected with you because they care um, and because they want to consume your content or even have any interest in looking at your content and what you actually do. And then directly there's a pitch in there and the very first message or like a Calendly scheduling link. They want them to to book a meeting with you and, and sell to you uh, directly. And oftentimes they ask redundant questions like, what is it that you do? Like, can you read my profile description? It says what I do. Like, <laughs> you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, my gosh. So, Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, yeah, that's just, yeah, so many pitfalls. They're so easy to avoid and you just stand out from the masses that do really bad marketing if you do good marketing. <laughs> so, yeah. Now
0: definitely. you make, you make a good point because I get, I, I really like when I look at a new notification from LinkedIn, okay. I'm like, all right, John wants to connect. John says, Hey, Javi, like what you're doing. I would like to learn more about your podcast. Great. So I'm automatically going to accept it. The second I accept it, Hey, would you like to get on a coaching call? No, man, like leave me alone, because it's, it's lit- like, that's literally how it's been the last few months. It like yeah. has so much. And I don't even bother responding to those messages because the people that I'm more so willing to spend money with are the people that never tried to sell me anything. Right. If you show me a, 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 a like this certain side of you and I'll see it cause I'm always going to pay attention. I'm more than likely going to go in my pocket and say, okay, I'll, I'm more than likely will go with your services or, Hey, I might need that product versus that first form of contact, bro. You didn't even warm me up. Like you're trying to get me and it's, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to exactly. happen. And yeah. it is the same thing. You make a good point.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's so right. That's why I'm all about inbound and attracting people to me with the content that I share and I make sure that it's, you know, valuable and it helps people and I'm showing up on a consistent basis with good stuff than being outbound and, yeah, trying to, you know, interrupt people in their in their day and send them unsolicited messages. They don't even know who I am and what I do and if I'm trustworthy and if I practice what I preach and if I'm actually An expert, because how would they know? You can't expect them to, right? So you have to prove yourself over time. And what I do is I I disconnect and I don't want those people in my network. They're just going to screw everything up. Um, You'll get a lower interaction rate because those people are not interested in you. They're never going to engage with your content because they don't care they're just going for, yeah, they're just thinking very short term, and they're just going for a sale immediately. It's like, I, I like this metaphor. It's like asking, asking somebody to marry you on the first date. That's like the equivalent of what they're doing. So it's it's not worthwhile. I don't even know why people are. So many people are still doing that. Um, it must have been a fraction of a, of a percent that they see a success rate. It's just not worthwhile doing. Uh, you Rather, you know, Put your time and effort into creating great content and attracting people organically to you by organic inbound marketing. That's just, uh, yeah, the, the new way of doing marketing and, and so much nicer um, too. So if, for example, you have all of those people in your network, you've, you've accepted the connection, they've pitched to you, you're not interested, you're just going to ignore them, then you post something. The The way that LinkedIn algorithm works is it shows your post to a small number of people first, a small number of connections. And depending how that small number likes your post and engages with your post, it's gradually gonna show it to more and more people. That's why LinkedIn also has such a great... um yeah, the, the lifetime of your post is really long on LinkedIn. You still see things pop up in your feed that people have posted a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, because that's when you see it, right? So if you have all of those unengaged people in your network, it really uh, yeah, hurts you more than it serves you. And it's not about the numbers. It's not about having many connections or many followers. Those are all vanity metrics. So I would keep my network high quality, would engage people that actually care to, yeah, engage and have a have a real conversation network with you and remove those connections.
0: You're making me about to go. Yeah, I'm about to go on my LinkedIn after this interview and go on a perch. Like if you're not engaging, <laughs> yeah. I got to get you up out of here. Because when I first started on LinkedIn for me, like, like I call a spade a spade for me, it was all about the numbers. I'm like, okay, I got to get my connections up. Right. And I started to engage with, of course, you know, with Gary Vee, I use the strategy, the 180 rule, right? So I'm always in the comment section and I'm kind of like looking for community there. But I recently, I made this point earlier. I was using like a software, like LinkedIn helper 2, which introduced me to SEO. So that's my next question for you is how can we like really take advantage of the search bar in LinkedIn, because it's one of my personal favorite features because. I could, you know, write something generic as real estate podcast, then it would give me a whole list, then I'll just filter it down. So walk us through that and tell, tell us a little bit more about SEO first off and how we can leverage that, especially on the search bar in LinkedIn, because a lot of people don't know how to really use that.
1: Yes. So SEO stands for search engine optimization, and all it is, is the practice of increasing the quality and quantity of traffic to you through a search engine so for example Google is a search engine uh, YouTube is a search engine it's the second largest search engine and the just the search results are videos but it's still a search engine and LinkedIn has the same so it's basically a search engine is like an intelligent search it doesn't just show you anything in the search results but it ranks it first and it applies an algorithm to the results and it shows you the most relevant results first that it thinks are the most relevant to you and it considers factors like your location like what um, you know what keywords you've been searching for what types of searches that you've performed in the past it just gets to know you you know it's it's an intelligent search Uh, and computers and computer algorithms see things differently than human beings for example if you post a picture, you can see the picture and you can see what's on the picture. But a computer is dependent on the alt text, the alternative text that you, uh, yeah, uh, set for your picture, so to speak. They can't see the picture, and that's how they do things. So, for example, in your um, in your job description where you write what you do, I see a lot of people writing how they help people rather than their actual job title. Like, I help people. To, um, I don't know, get their dream body and and to lose weight or whatever. But this is not really searchable. So when somebody actually searches for fitness trainer, personal trainer, fitness coach, whatever it may be, you might not pop up in the search results because you don't have that keyword. In your profile and the search engine doesn't know that you're a personal trainer even though you are but instead of putting um, I don't know let's say Jennifer Smith personal trainer it's Jennifer Smith I help people to um, to I don't know to lose weight or to to achieve their dream body or whatever and the keyword is not on there so make everything as descriptive as possible you want people at the first sight at the first glance See what you're all about and what it is that you do. That is really important because attention is a scarce currency nowadays. People only give you a split second. They're scrolling through their feeds. They're scrolling through the results. And it has to be really clear, you know, quickly, easily consumable and perceivable so so you stand out. So that's really, really important. And that goes, you know, for your events, for your groups on LinkedIn, for your personal profile as well, uh, for your for your company profile. If you want your company uh, to to be found, I, just, I mean, for most people, it might be too late now. <laughs> your company already have, has a name. But if you're um, thinking about starting a startup, make it descriptive. So, you know, I have a digital marketing agency. It's called Dragon Digital Marketing because... A, I like dragons and B, it's a digital marketing agency. So I want the name digital marketing to be in there. When people are searching for digital marketing, I want it to pop up. I want it to be descriptive. So that is very, very important. And you can do so much to optimize for SEO. You can dive really deep into there and do keyword research and, uh, yeah, find the keywords that most people use. Like let's stick with the fitness example. Uh, so, um, fitness trainer, personal trainer, and fitness coach are all three synonyms for essentially the same thing what a person does right. But maybe a fitness trainer gets a hundred thousand monthly searches and a hundred thousand people use that terminology versus, um, fitness coach only gets 30,000 because only 30,000 people search for it a month and use that terminology. So there's a lot of words that have synonyms. They synonyms they essentially mean the same thing, but not as many people use that word, you know, just as you can say, um, USB stick, USB drive, Flash drive, all of those different words. Same goes for same goes for everything in life, really. So if you make the effort and do research, you can use a lo- you can reach a lot more people just by changing the terminology. And waving in those keywords into your job description, your personal, you know, description about yourself on your profile. Uh, When it comes to your um, experience, you get to add some notes about what you did there in that job. You can wave it, uh, you know, in there in um, your posts obviously, uh, the hashtags that you use, everything really so that will really um, yeah change the game the, the name of your group so make it as descriptive as possible pay attention to keywords and make sure it's searchable and always ask yourself is what I'm doing right now you know clearly understandable for a computer too? because it's it's a computer it's it's not a human being the search engine is not a human being so it has to be yeah very very uh clear to the point don't be indirect and describe things um in like a in like a fancy way you can stand out in other ways you definitely want to stand out and still be you know unique and be different but when it comes to that you want to do it in a different way don't do it like that
0: you make a very good valid point about seo i like i i i really hope all the listeners caught that gem because there is a lot that you can learn from podcasting right so that's going to be my next question for you just podcasting in itself but like just to even play devil's advocate like someone could say you could search on google after this episode is out of course you could search sinclair Speak show seo then this episode will pop up right monique diving into seo so I love I that aspect for Google. Now, my next question is podcasting, right? I've learned, podca- like right off the bat, because next I think next week makes a year since I've launched this podcast, but ooh, congratulations to me. I've learned a lot through podcasting, and you also mentioned YouTube, and of course there's Google. There's, I, you know there's YouTube University, but for podcasting, for podcasting in, 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 in that regard, talk to us about the benefits of podcasting, because I've had a lot of people on the podcast. I love podcasting from my side of things. It's great because it's like, for me, it's like more of an educational thing depending on what I want to learn, right? So to have you on the podcast, I'm learning more about marketing. My listeners are learning more about marketing. Um, there's podcasts like, you know, bigger pockets, wholesaling podcasts, earn your leisure. There's all these big podcast platforms out there that people can learn from, but from the marketing side, right. For say, you know, you have clients, what is the benefit of someone just like you jumping on a podcast? What is the benefit from that, from the podcast guest side and why should people jump on more podcast platforms?
1: Yes. So first of all, when you have a podcast. You have another thing that you can build a community about and have something that your audience can consume, it's content. And content is what it's all about, everything is content. Ads are content, emails are content, social media posts are content, everything is content, and you want to have a lot of content out there because it can be found, right? People can search for it, which again brings us back to SEO. That's how you can be found, you establish yourself in your industry, you build brand awareness, you establish thought leadership, People can hear you talk. You can get a much more personal in-depth connection when a person can actually hear you speak how you articulate yourself than just read your tweets on Twitter or read a blog post that you've that you've written but it's it's not as personal as you know seeing somebody speak even more so if it's a video podcast you can like literally see me my mimics my gestures what type of person am I so you can you know it's all about that know like and trust factor you get to know like and trust me uh the more I do it And then um, podcasts, you you speak words, so you can generate a transcript of that. And some platforms do that automatically for you. For example, you have a video podcast you uploaded on YouTube. YouTube automatically generates subtitles for that video because they have a piece of software that can identify the words that are spoken in that podcast. So that increases your searchability too. And what you can also do with it, you can repurpose it to get even more content. You can turn it into an article. You can turn it into a blog post. You can turn your podcast into little um, audio snippets like those those sound bites. They're called audiograms. It's those videos where you have this this moving uh, waveform of yeah the, the sounds that are spoken. Uh, if it's a video podcast, little video snippets that you can share on social again. You can promote it. Uh, with your email list, drive traffic to it, then on that site, you can have an opt-in possibility to get more subscribers. If you have, you know, episode show notes where you put more information that people check out, uh, offer your lead magnet there, get more opt-ins from your podcast listeners, turn them into your email subscribers. You can just further build an audience, you know, and then it's also something that people can share, the shareability. If you give great tips on your podcast, it helps people out. They're going to share it with their friends who have the same type of issues or they have the same type of business, work in like the same uh, field. So it helps them out as well. Uh, it's essentially PR, um, especially um, if you don't want to start your own podcast and you just want to be a guest on other podcasts, it's PR for you. You get mentioned uh, you get backlinks to to your website. You can you can build a name out there, and that again um, helps with your SEO. And yeah, that's just that's just a great way to think about it. And then um, the third way to participate in the podcasting trend, if you don't want your own podcast and you also don't want to be a guest on podcasts, you can advertise on podcasts and just sponsor shows as well. So those are the three possibilities that you have. Uh, You can just reach wider um, audiences because you can find people who what you have to say offers value to their audience as well. There's like an intersection. If you think about it, like this Venn diagram, the two circles, but you're not direct competitors. So it's a small intersection, but it's not like, you know, completely the same that the the same uh, circle. So it wouldn't make sense for the other person to have you on the show. So you have to find that sweet spot there. Um, and it's it's great. It's trending right now. People are listening to podcasts more than ever. It's just recently became a one billion dollar industry. And um, it's definitely trending right now. People are more and more busy, you know with things and we have to multitask. How else are we going to get through our day? There's just so much to do. And podcasts are great to just listen as a sideline while doing something else. And since we're constantly multitasking, put our earbuds in or whatever and just uh, just learn something um, on the way, it's, it's just great. And everybody has value to share and value to bring. Um, so don't be, yeah, timid don't let imposter syndrome stop you you can you know things that other people don't know that they would like to know and you can teach them and you can find the right shows to to be a guest on or start your own show if you want to do that and podcasting too is very very cost effective it's yeah very affordable low entry barriers, you can sign up and host your podcast for like, I don't know, like 10 bucks a month or whatever. It doesn't break the bank. <laughs> it really doesn't. You just have to invest your time and come up with a great concept. And it's still worth doing now. It's not too late. Um, it's still growing. So um, definitely, definitely get into podcasting. I personally do both. So I have my own podcast called the Dragon Digital Marketing Podcast, where I give small business owners digital marketing tips. And then I'm guess I'm a guest on podcast year. Like I'm a guest on your show uh right now. So yeah, definitely I can highly highly encourage that.
0: Yeah, I freaking love podcasting. Podcasting has been like if there's one thing I'm proud I stuck with during this pandemic, it's this podcast. Right. Like I launched this podcast around the same time I launched my first book. And I was excited about the book, but the 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 from the longevity standpoint, the podcast is what kind of helped me with the personal branding. So from the personal brand standpoint, I could, I'm i more so known for fitness. I was a certified personal trainer for eight years, but for podcasting, it kind of like, it really unlocked a new me. And also from the networking side, all of my you know previous guests, all professional. So it's a great way for me to build my network. So I'm very picky because I've turned down a lot of interviews. If it doesn't really speak to the, to, uh, you know, the niche of the podcast, I'm not going to have a music artist on here talking about their their album. That's just not going to happen. But I love it because it's a way for me to learn. It's a way for my guests to kind of like leverage, you know, their brand, their business, put themselves out there, as you mentioned, PR, which is a huge thing. And I started to pay attention to it because success leaves clues, right? I have a client and he's a high profile client and he wanted to get booked on various podcast shows, but this guy's a multimillionaire. And I'm like, okay, whatever he wants to do, I want to do it too. Right. Like if, if someone is successful, you know, success leaves clues. So I just started to pay attention to that. I'm like, yo, why does he want to be on so many different podcast shows? Right. And the, like you mentioned, it is PR. It does give you a lot of credibility and you build this organic traction. Say if, you know, I have a hundred listeners to this episode and say 20 people really like what you said and they, 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 they follow you from here. they, and so forth and so forth. So I love it from that aspect. And you also mentioned newsletter twice. I need to start taking advantage of that and mix that with the email marketing and the articles, like you mentioned too. But from as from the host standpoint, I like it because I've met people who dropped some gems that literally changed my life. Like you came onto the podcast today and you're dropping gems I'm my like, way. Hold on, girl, Are you up to something now. You know what I mean? But it, it you know, I like it from the educational standpoint depending on whatever podcast I want to listen to. If, if I'm in a mood to like, like whatever, like I'm chilling for the, enter- the entertainment side, it's great. But for the educational side, like it's really, really good. Like you said, um, you know, it, it's more than just, you know, reading someone's Twitter or a blog post. I get to, you know, study someone's mannerisms or like hear how Monique sounds on this podcast show. I bet everyone. So before I have anyone come on my show, I'm going to check and see. So I've heard you on other podcast shows. and I'm like, yo, you're the perfect fit right so for <laughs> me like that's literally what happened though right for me right. it's great it does give you a lot of credibility so before i even respond i'm going to say okay let me see what this person's about right you was on this show let me hear some of the things that you talked about right let me hear how you sound or see how you are on camera these things are very important for me because i can't have anyone on the show and you know i was taught i talked to myself a lot and i was saying this to myself if you, if you bring no value, unfortunately, you can't get on the show. You just can't because I don't want people to listen to an hour of nothing, right? I like to make it educational. So I ask questions on how can we get started? How can we, you know, grow from here? These various different things. So that's why I love podcasting without me rambling. But to kind of like sum this up, I want to kind of, I kind of want to take like a little like kind of like, like backstep a little bit. Let's just back step, right? I'm going to hit you with a curveball question. What have you learned from this pandemic that you didn't know about yourself before? It could be personal or it could be business.
1: I went all in in this pandemic and I was just straight up hustling. Like all the free time that I freed up by not having to commute anywhere anymore and, you know, working from home. There's a lot of advantages to it, the time savings. I have leveraged every single advantage out there. So for every downside, there's an upside. I have attended events where prior to the pandemic, I would have had to book a flight ticket and a hotel room and it was like super expensive to stay there and attend and be there overnight and sometimes the ticket prices can get kind of pricey too to network and to yeah just get this ability to meet certain people and to put myself out there and I've been getting a lot of those kind of opportunities for free from the comfort of my own home just having to sit in front of my laptop with my camera and attend virtually uh, things like that I've met so Many people. I started my podcast exactly a year ago, too. I started it in late March uh, 2020. Uh, Yes, so it's like our podcasts have uh, approximately the same age, and the networking aspect of having a podcast and having started a podcast is so great. I've met so many really great people and we're actually connected now so they're not just quote-unquote dead connections that you are connected to on LinkedIn or whatever but you've never really sat down and spoken to the person and yeah got to know them and had a real conversation with them but through the podcast I have been able to do that and I got access to people who I otherwise wouldn't have gotten access to and wouldn't have gotten the chance to speak with and to learn from yourself. Self because you widen your horizon yourself, like you said. You're learning from your guests. Everybody can can learn from from somebody else. You have to take in all of that, and it's just you know, it's just a win win because you get access to people, and they're interested in hopping on your show because they want more awareness and they want to take advantage of your platform and your viewership and your listeners to um, get more awareness for themselves too. So it's like a win win. And like you said, if somebody can't provide value, there's there's no point in doing it. Um, That's what I've taken away from this pandemic. And yeah, I worked really, really hard and used it to my advantage, to the best of my abilities. I think it's worked out really well. Yeah. So always be positive. Uh, Keep working hard. It pays off. It does pay off. (laughs) Definitely.
0: Oh, man. You know, you make a good point. You know, I'm glad that, you know, I mean, definitely I agree with you in terms of just like, you know, really taking advantage of the opportunity, right? Really just like, mm-hmm. you don't even have to travel to do what you had to do before. And I, I just think that's amazing. Where do you see yourself? I can't even say just where do you see yourself, but because outside is somewhat opening up, right? I'm reaching out to other places. Yeah, we're open. Yeah, no, we're not. Right? So like, where do you see you know, your brand, your business within the next six months, or maybe the next year with outside somewhat opening up depending on the state, because I'm in New York. So they're still strict here. Right. But if you're in Atlanta, it's a complete different story. So where do you see your brand and your business going in the next six months or the next year from now? Are are you uh, like, is this going to be the new thing for you? Is it going to be a lot more virtual? Is it going to be a little bit of what you were doing before? What does that look like for you?
1: Yes, we're definitely going to stay remote. Everybody is going to keep on working from home and we're going to be a remote run agency. A lot is going to be virtual and digital and we're taking advantage of that. And hopefully in six to 12 months, I will you know, have helped a lot more people to get what they want and to help them build an online presence and create content for them and help them promote and all of that and give them great ideas and consult as well uh, with many more people. And I've made them happy and they've shared it and spread the word. And I've just increased my my reach and also the impact that I'm making. And yeah, always, I always want to continue to build my brand and uh yeah, have a, have a bigger, more successful business. Yeah. Bring more people on the team and yeah, just, just keep on going. Always, always growing.
0: <laughs> That's it. Always, uh, really always growing because like, I mean, we, we, no one predicted this pandemic, right? No one predicted COVID coming and millions of people losing work, right? Losing jobs. But a lot of good has come out of this. A lot of startups, right? A lot of people are getting business funding. There's a lot of, you know, there's always going to be beauty in the darkness, right? There's always beauty in the darkness. And I think it's really good for the level of innovation that that's really just coming about. Just for myself too, like prior to this, and I say this all the time, this is probably my, I don't know, my umpteenth time saying this in my podcast. Prior to all this, I was getting it off the corner. I was hustling in the middle of Times Square selling tickets to get by. But... For me like that was literally the best thing that it, that ever happened to me because I knew from that point once I seen Times Square close down in front of me when you see like iconic stores like the Toys R Us in Times Square close down the McDonald's in Times Square close down these iconic landmarks literally shut down I knew it was all upside from there because from that point on I'm like okay it's fair game it's whatever I want to do from this point and I found so much value in what I do, like learning from people like you and and interviewing so much different like-minded guests. It just really encourages me, also my audience to do more, right? It's never too late to start over and find what you're passionate about and you're passionate about what you do. So my last question for you is what is the power message for this podcast interview? What do you want the audience to take away from, you know, you just, you know, coming onto the podcast today?
1: I would say do what you can with what you have and just get started. Just do it like Nike. <laughs> Definitely do that. Follow your dreams and just go for it. You learn along the way. I wasn't born, you know, with all the knowledge that I have about digital marketing right now, I learned it. You weren't even born knowing how to walk. You tried it a bunch of times and you fell a bunch of times, but you always got up again and tried again. And that's what you have to apply to almost everything in life. Um, no matter where you want to be, um, just look at where you are at right now and make baby steps to your goal and then execute those baby steps so they're not intimidating anymore and just get started. Maybe, you know, it's intimidating for you to think about, oh my gosh, email marketing software. Like now, like this episode has made me to want to start an email list and start doing that, but I'm confused. What do all of those metrics mean? And, you know, how, how do I know that I'm performing well and how do I implement this and that? Um, yeah, just do not give up. Don't not do it be, because you're intimidated right now. Embrace learning and embrace your personal growth. If you need help, hire a consultant like myself and just, yeah, just keep going. Just do it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Absolutely. Just do it. Monique, where can uh, where can we follow you and stay up to date with, with, with everything that you're doing?
1: Yeah, the best way to get in touch and to learn more is the website. And that's dragon-digital-marketing.com. There you can also find all of my social handles. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and on LinkedIn as well. Um, I have a podcast. It's called the Dragon Digital Marketing Podcast, and I have a lot of free materials and resources and guides that you can grab for free on the website. I have a free branding course, SEO checklist, uh, email marketing campaign planning calendar, um, as well as a buyer persona template, uh, many you know, really informational black posts and podcast episodes. So definitely check it out and also uh, reach out to me if you need help with anything. I'm always happy to help out and to just connect with more people and build my network too.
0: That was incredible. Uh, Monique, I definitely want to thank you for jumping on your podcast. Now for the audience and everyone that's listening, if you want to get in contact with Monique, look at the episode description on this episode of the St. Cliff's Speak Show podcast. You can click the links directly and reach out to Monique directly. Um, If this episode has brought any value to you, please let us know in the comment section, comment below. Let us know what timestamp that, you know, say Monique said something at the 20 minute mark that really resonated with you. Let us know what that message was and what's the action you're gonna take behind it. Because like I always say, what good is information if we don't apply it? So apply the information that you learned today. I learned a lot and there's a lot more that we can do. And that's my biggest takeaway from this episode. You know, like what Monique said, like do what you can, but there's a lot more that we can do if we just apply it, if we just try. So Monique, thank you again for jumping on the St. Clair Speak Show podcast. I want to thank you again for spending an hour with me. Um, This was really good. I love it. Now for my audience, I want to say, guys, thank you again. You guys have been so loyal. Please stream this episode. And all episodes of the St. Clair Speak Show podcast now streaming on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Overcast, Radio Public. You could watch this full interview from start to finish on StClairSpeakShow.com. Visit YouTube and subscribe to my channel. I'll see you guys in the next one. I'm out. Peace.